0: Of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me.
1: Hello, I'm Mark Templeman. I'm uh, the first of a group of people that will uh, come up and present their experiences. and it's still a little bit raw and seeing, we've, we've seen this video now for the second time, but it's still very emotional for us. And, and to see the tribute to Adele on the video and how important she was to this, uh, to this church community and what she contributed to the trip was uh, really amazing. But for, for me, I was uh, uh, part of the medical team, so I'll kind of center on that, but what, what we did uh... was just a, a small part of what you'll see from all of the rest of this and and we were often very isolated uh... just working to see patients and and there were there were five uh... caregivers but we had also nurses and people that helped with the pharmacy and runners and many other people that helped us so it was quite a team and we worked amazingly well together some of the foundation for the medical clinics was already set up They had uh, other groups that had gone to the slums before and, uh, and a, a lot of it was working in small rooms that seemed like they were always in the basement and there wasn't very good lighting, but, uh, but we consolidated, we found out where we could get the best lighting and we often got to work together as a team and see how we um, practiced and we shared information and we don't get to do that in our real lives back here, we're in just in our silos and we see patients alone but in this situation, we got to see each other, and um, my first my first word for this presentation is about compassion, and we got to see each other share their compassion in. And I thought compassion was just it's just one of those fruits of the spirit that's pretty pretty generic. But I got to see compassion in all its different colors, and in all the different ways that people worked and they had different skills that they brought to their compassion when they were seeing patients. And that was, that was really amazing and it was special for me. Um, my second word that's important to me is affirmation. And it's something on a personal level I've had a, a really difficult time. I've struggled with uh, what, does a, what does an affirming church mean? And, um, and, and uh, what, does a, what's, what does a church that is affirming to people, what does that look like? And and, um, so I prayed and I asked God, what does an affirming church look like? And he probably chuckled and thought, well, I'm gonna show him. And and it it took me a while, but the first couple of days, I I realized, okay, I'm I'm doing what I always do, but I was affirmed by by my, my wife and daughter and I was affirmed by those people that are my spiritual leaders. And the next day I was affirmed even more. I was affirmed by the rest of the team and, and it, so it finally kind of got through my head that this is what an affirming church looks like. It's that support and lifting up that, that I received. And, and God didn't stop there because it kept going and I was affirmed by, by all of the people and by the Kenyans that I was there trying to help take care of. And that was, that was a real gift and it really opened my eyes to what I hadn't seen before and so now I know that this is a church that's not only welcoming and accepting, but it's a it's church that affirms. And, and my last word is uh, just overwhelming. And you can, you'll, you'll hear in some of the other presentations that there is a lot of uh, overwhelming feelings just seeing the, the video again and reliving some of these thoughts. And we're still kind of in a process of debriefing. We're still in a process of physical recovery of getting rehydrated and getting over coughs and getting back into our our regular lives again and the the poverty and uh, uh, the, the amount of squalor that we saw was overwhelming but what was more amazing was the overwhelming joy that the people of Kenya have and that they are strong and steadfast and they need some help but they have this joy that I hope that we can bring some of that joy back, and and uh, that that can be something that we can share as part of our experiences that we're bringing back to our congregation and back to Salt Lake City. So those those are my three main words about uh, of, of compassion and affirmation and overwhelming. It's overwhelming joy, and I and and Chris. And Devin, when I first met them, we had dinner, and we talked about this, and I was like, this is something I'm supposed to do. I need to do this, and that started that first time. And then Dennis ran with it, and Dennis, with the support of Lori, has really built the base for for everything on that, all the communications that we had with the Zoom meetings and all the different teams, and really brought us together. I know that's important to us, uh, all of us, how that team feeling was. Uh, but he, we, we had to go a lot on, on just uh, uh, faith and hoping things would work out. But Dennis built that base that we could adjust and compensate for when things changed. And so that was really important, too. So thank you, you guys.
2: Thank you, Mark. Um, my name is Allie. I have four kids. Um, we're recent uh, members, I guess, to the congregation. Um, and when I heard that the church was going to Kenya, I, it's been a lifelong goal and kind of bucket list of mine. We jumped on the opportunity. Um, and I can't tell you how life changing it has been for us. Um, I think there's one slide. Um, Um, It is easy to be pessimistic about the state of the world today. The rise of autocracies, the decline in democracy, the growing economic and health inequities, the rapidly heating climate threatening threatening to destabilize governments and populations, the polarization of our society, the rise of hate and discrimination, the erosion of human rights, the dramatic increase in global obesity and chronic disease, it goes on and on. You know, this picture is just a glimpse at a little bit of the hopelessness that we saw in Kenya. Um, Just this last week, I opened the New York Times and scientists across the globe are saying that July through the 3rd through the 5th were the hottest on record. Um, Those states and the news really gets me down Um, and sometimes I think that the world, you know, there is not a lot of hope left for us. And when we went to Africa, there was a lot of hopelessness. Um, And it really stuck to a lot of us in our hearts, probably the worst I've ever seen um, in conditions that you would never want a child to grow up in. Um, But alongside that feeling, we met Rosemary, which um, I think you kind of had a little bit of an introduction to. Um, She is a person I have never encountered in my life. As you heard, she grew up in the slums, in the Mithari slums, which is the second worst slums in the world. Uh, Grew up with her family, lost her parents, and ended up having to raise her siblings. And in this situation, she rose above this, um, what you would think is a very hopeless situation, educated herself, came to the States, got a PhD, and went back with her husband. And physically, in her own home, adopted two children and they started there and then from there they started growing and growing and growing to this magnificent school i mean literally when you go there you see their living room that they started with and now it then became a bigger house and then the school all the pictures that you've seen it was truly miraculous for me um and i just kept on going through my thoughts and going to a scripture that i had learned I've been learning for my whole life. Um, It's out of Hebrews 11.1, and the scripture reads, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I'm going to read it again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Um, I don't think I internalized that scripture ever in my life until I saw Rosemary. and she is the epitome of what Christ was teaching us about hoping for the world that we don't have and putting into practice that faith that is fueled by that hope to put into practice what, whatever we're called to do. Um, and I was reading um, one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, and he talks about this. And he says, Hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking. But hope is one of the things a Christian is meant and commanded to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. I was completely transformed by meeting her Um, and my thoughts of hope and love and charity those three things that go together we need that hope to hope for that future that we don't have and the faith to actually do whatever we're called to do to get to that level was um, ingrained in my mind and I'm so grateful for the chance to go to Kenya and to um, strengthen my testimony and those principles, and I say these things in Jesus Christ's name, amen.
3: Thank you, Allie and Mark, for sharing. Um, My name is Bonnie Beck, and I went to Africa um, with the team, and my daughter Ellie, wherever she is, um, went with us. And I have some slides. Uh, I think my greatest joy was just having Ellie there um, and just being able to experience a missions trip with her and just to have those memories for the rest of our lives. And she made a great friend, Emmy, on the trip, so that was really fun. Um, The thing that uh, one thing that I was doing on the trip was I was reading a book called Kisses from Katie and it's about a girl that went to Africa and she was 19 and she went back and she adopted 14 children and um, did a similar thing you know started uh, kind of a sponsorship program for kids and stuff and in her book um, in the foreword of her book it says people who really want to make a difference in the world usually do it in one way or another and i've noticed something about people who make a difference in the world they hold the unshakable conviction that individuals are extremely important that every life matters They get excited over one smile. They're willing to feed one stomach, educate one mind, and treat one wound. They aren't determined to revolutionize the world all at once. They're satisfied with small changes. Over time, though, the small changes add up, and sometimes they even transform cities and nations, and yes, the world. And I feel like we're seeing that unfolding before our eyes, and it's an amazing thing to be able to be a part of also, just seeing Stephen and Rosemary. And I think every single one of the 46 of us on this trip felt a special connection with each Stephen and Rosemary and felt like they saw us, they heard us, they you know cared about us and and then I think they are changing Nairobi um, by their by their work. Um, This is a picture of us making bread and butter sandwiches for the hundreds of people that were waiting outside for the medical clinic and um, there's so much you can stay back on that one for just a second. Um, there's so much joy in um, in just in the pictures as you'll see and even though we encountered hard things and did hard things and and had to push through like very uncomfortable situations um, beyond what we were normally used to you know stepping over piles of things in the slums and stuff like that but I just saw our team have so much willingness and um, and especially the teenagers too like willing to to do hard things and, it, and I, I think it Part of, you know, what worked well was having the families together. There was no, you know, I've been on missions trips in the past um, since I was like 16, but it was never like, um, there was homesickness, there was all kinds of things. But for, for I think for the teens to know like one or both of my parents is here, everything's great. Like it, it really made a difference, I think. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, we made sandwiches and then uh, Deb and I worked with the kids one day. we we brought frames from the dollar store like wooden frames and put stickers they we gave them like paint and stickers and I mean they had never seen stickers like this I'm sure they've used well I hope that they've used paint but actually um, I don't think that they have so they loved it so much and we had so many groups of kids that needed to come in and you know do their thing and we took Polaroid pictures of them so they have their own framed picture of themselves that they've never had um, but the kids loved it so much that they literally wouldn't leave the room and I'm like you guys gotta go like you have to leave and they'd pretend like they didn't even understand what I was saying <laughs> like, like stop putting stickers on you know like it was so much fun um, and then the next slide um, so we, we hiked these hill, the gong hills like Chris was saying and uh, or yeah somebody said um, <coughs> in the slideshow so um, I asked Stephen if he wanted a mural anywhere and he said yeah you know on these gates inside the children's home so right behind us is the orphanage and children's home that they raise the children in and so we painted this picture and I just had like black white yellow and green or no yellow and blue paint and started mixing paint and I was just like how is this gonna work and um Peter and Dennis and Armand helped me paint this big painting, and we did it in an hour and a half, like in this huge, huge gate, and um, and at one point I was trying to make brown, because I was like, we need brown for this mountain, and, and I was mixing all the paints I had, and I just could not make brown, it was like this reddish color, and and so finally I was like, okay, well, let's just use that for the for the path on the this picture, and uh, later Dennis asked one of the teachers from the school, is there anything more we need to add to this painting? And she said, Um, nope. And you have like the red, our red dirt, our red Kenyan dirt on the path there. Nope, you're good. You know, you got it all. And I went, Oh my goodness, I God knew the detail of why I couldn't ever make brown paint that day. It had to be red because it was it showed their dirt, their red dirt. And um so yeah, I just It was really cool to to leave something for them um, that reminds them of us and and of their beautiful mountain there. But I am I'm just so thankful for like all the details and all the things that God did to remind me that he cares about details. He cares about individuals. And um, that brings me to we we um, ended up taking pictures of like 200 children. Um, of their portraits, and we're going to put on a website or on the By Grace website for for anyone to be able to sponsor kids. So, um, and that's coming later. You'll have the opportunity, but um, that was just another way and um, something that was on my heart. Um, I met a gal named Catherine at the nursery, and I said, asked about their sponsorships and stuff, and it was like forty five bucks a month to sponsor a baby in the nursery, and she said, my dream is to provide a nursery for the children of the teen moms and so that every mom that's a teen can go to school here and then have her child watched here and she said and I said you know I'm going to try to help you get these kids sponsored and she said oh if you could my dream would come true and they would call me mom so she wants those teen moms to know that she's their mom and I just I love like you know I don't know if she'll you know literally adopt them but it doesn't matter like it's love you know <laughs> the love is the adoption and the and and also those kids those women those girls knowing that they have a mom that cares about them is what she wants to have happen so I'm excited for that moving forward and thank you guys so much for your support.
4: Good morning. My name is Megan Judkins, and I was fortunate enough to go on the Kenya trip with my two sons, Zach and Ethan, who are 12 and 16, Um, and it was such a a joy to get to share that time with them. Um, I'm a planner. I like to know what to expect, to have things figured out in advance, and leading up, and Dennis did a beautiful job. Doing that. Um, Leading up to the trip to Kenya, a group of us had felt um, called to mentor the teen moms at By Grace. And so we had spent some time thinking about and planning what we were going to do. And I went into the trip going, I'm going to mentor teen moms. Like, I'm ready for this. And um, we showed up on Monday and met Angela, who is the mentor to the teen moms. Um, By Grace employs her. For a few hours to work with them, and she had already put together this absolutely beautiful curriculum for them that I wish I had had when I was a, a young mother, and um, we had this great connection with Angela, but the teen moms were going to school, and they didn't have a lot of time to sit with us. We were able to spend you know about an hour meeting them, learning about their stories, meeting their children, and it was a wonderful conversation, but they had to go back to school, they had to finish their exams. Um, So, you know, I was super pumped for this long, great conversation and they had to go do other things, which was fine. We knew we had to be flexible. Um, But on Tuesday, Marnie was helping set up the medical clinic and somebody came in and said, hey, does anybody know how to do counseling? And Marnie was like, well, sure, I can do that. And then she came and grabbed me and Christina and Lori. And we ended up spending some time at the counseling center at the, at the university. Um, and it had been a minute. It's been probably a, a while since I've counseled patients. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to have to dust off my skills here. And over the course of the three days, we ended up talking to people both at the university and in Mathari at the medical clinics. And um, I met with about eight people. Um, And in between each patient, I would think, man, if only I had known we were going to do this, I would have gotten my counseling skills book out, and I would have done all this research. But instead, I'm like doing some quick Google searches on techniques, on breathing techniques. And then as I, you know, as the dust kind of settled and started to reflect on the conversations that I had had throughout the week, I started to realize the issues that people brought to counseling were things that I had, you know, spent a lot of time in, in the past few years. And honestly, I was already prepared for those conversations. And it really stuck in my mind that God knows, he knows how he needs to use us. And if you're at all interested in doing one of these mission trips, but aren't exactly sure what you would bring to the table, God knows. And he will prepare you. And he will surprise you. Um, so if, you, if you're if you curious at all, please meet with one of us. I'm sure we all have similar stories where we weren't prepared for something, and we had to show up. And we did, and we surprised ourselves. So um, with that, I do want to leave you with a verse that ha- has sustained me throughout my life, but also very much in Kenya as we were facing some of these hard situations. It's Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand.
5: Hello everyone, my name is Zach, I am Megan's son. I know I'm a bit young to be standing up here and talking in front of you all, but that's okay. We're gonna get through this together. (laughs) So, I would like to share my experience of going to the Mithari slums and meeting with some of the people. More specifically, I met with a wonderful family consisting of two sisters, Faith and Christine and the mother, who unfortunately had AIDS and malaria, we were tasked to bring food to them and talk to them to try to brighten their days. And to be honest, they brightened ours. The laughter, the cheers, the great joy was so uplifting to us, and we felt so grateful to be in their presence. However, later we did hear a bit of a painful story, especially from my view about Christine, who was chosen to go to Cambodia and compete for a national canyon sports team. And it would have been uplifting and taken their entire family out of the slums. However, she lacked both the financial and the technical means to actually get a visa and passport. And this was actually very hard to hear because we know that she would have saved her family from the slums and had such a better life from this. I even felt myself getting mad at the injustice that here in the U.S. I can work once a week and still go to the mall with my friends and just enjoy myself. I even found myself saying that we should take her back because within a year this wonderful person would have made it. She would have helped her family significantly, given the chance. Unfortunately, we couldn't, of course. But looking back on it now, I realize something. I realize how spectacular Christine was and how spectacular her family was of being able to smile and laugh in the hardest of circumstances. I admire them, and I want us all to admire people like this who can smile, and progress through some of the hardest challenges. I want us all to also prayer, not now, of course, sorry, but later on in your own homes with your own words, your own feelings, to prayer and give hope to these people because they have the motivation and they have these skills. I just hope that they can have those chances to progress and bring themselves out of these horrible situations. Thank you.
6: Um, So, like everybody said before me, the trip was a bunch of mixed emotions, a lot of good, some bad. Um, On the first day we got there, we had a hike after our church, and they had this bonding activity, kind of like an icebreaker, where every 20 minutes we would switch off with one of the kids from By Grace. And I first started talking to this girl named Lucy, and we started bonding over soccer. And then it moved to school and I was like, we were talking about our favorite subjects and stuff and I was asked her like, when did you start school? How long is it? How long do you study for? Like, what's the school system here? And she was like, oh, I wake up at 4.30, start my chores and I end school at around 4.30 p.m. And then we have a break and then we study f- until 9 p.m. And I'm just standing there with my mouth open like, what? And I thought 7.30 was really bad. <laughs> so I felt a little but it was really really inspiring to see that and how hard she worked. and the week we came was finals week so it was their big state test that allowed them to progress to the next year and on the second day on tuesday third i guess but tuesday i was allowed to go into the nursery where a lot of the staffs um, younger children were being watched because they couldn't enter school yet and a lot of the teen moms babies were there also and it was like pretty bare room, had carpet, there were some toys in the back, but a lot of crying babies in the side room with some of the caretakers. And I was hanging out with the toddlers and we were playing tag and um, probably blocks or something like that, and I glanced over the door. And the girl my own age, she's probably about 16, like maybe 17, but very young. She comes over, grabs one of the babies from the nurses, and breastfeeds it in the side room. At 16 years old, mid, during her exam week, probably in the middle of an exam, breastfeeds it, and then goes right back to her exam. And that was so, so, so humbling to me, to see somebody my own age, like, balancing education and balancing having a full-grown, like, full, full child. Like at the same time, especially in the middle of her exam week, like really important state tests. And it was just, it was very, 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 um, very humbling and super, super inspiring. And there was a verse that I read that reminded me of this girl. It's from Proverbs 4 25 through 26. It says, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. And just reminded me of her because they can and are able to do so, so much at such a young age. And it inspired me that I can and should do more with my life to help others. And I was just so immensely grateful for the trip and it inspired me so much to serve others and continue doing through God's will. So thank you.
5: All right, I would like to invite our Kenya team to come up to our steps.